Hey everyone, Tommy here, and this is Fighting Words. My friends got tired of hearing me talk about fights, so I did what everyone does. I started a podcast. I'm not an analyst, I'm a fan of the sport, so expect some different takes and breakdowns from a different perspective. But enough about that, let's talk about some fights. Over the weekend, we had a rematch that's been a year in the making, and while I can say that mostly everyone going in was super hyped and expecting another back and forth war that's not really what we got in wilder versus fury 2 this was not the fight i was expecting at all for starters fury came in at 273 pounds i thought when i saw that weigh in we had another ruiz situation on our hands i mean fury was thick and I thought worst case scenario for Fury. Well, the fight started, and from start to finish, Fury had the answer to Wilder. And that was making him fight backwards. Wilder just can't do it. Fury was dominating, landing hard, dropping Wilder twice. And I think he tripped him two more times. So I think it's safe to say that 273 pounds paid off. Kind of surprisingly, because I figured he would have gassed out because of because of how much he gained. But Wilder just had no answer. And it kind of hurt to watch because Wilder was so outclassed. Well, now we enter the seventh round. And the other six rounds, Wilder didn't win a single round. You could argue he didn't win a single minute of the fight. But this one was worse. Fury swarmed Wilder. And against the ropes, he was just swinging, and he was hurting. Wilder's ear was already bleeding on the inside, and it no one just wanted to watch this. The fight should have been over probably a round or two before it was. But one of Wilder's coaches threw in the towel, ending the fight. If he hadn't, the ref has openly said he was about to stop the fight anyway. But personally, like I said, I think Wilder's camp should have thrown in that towel a round or two before. But Fury won... And is now in the history books because he won the Ring Magazine title for a second time. And is only the second man to ever do that. And also over the weekend we had UFC Fight Night, Felder vs. Hooker. And while most of that card kind of sucked, the main event, Paul Felder vs. Dan Hooker, was a classic. Felder and Hooker beat the hell out of each other for five rounds. Back and forth, neither guy wanting to give an inch. Felder went after the legs and jaw, effectively hurting both. Hooker headhunted and busted Felder's face up. This fight was so close, I had no clue who won the fight. And really neither did the judges. One gave it to Felder, the other two gave it to Hooker. And I know a lot of people are calling it a robbery, saying that Felder would have won if the fight was anywhere but Australia. Especially if it were in the States. But it really wasn't a robbery here. It was super close. Both guys gave it their all. And even if the judges had somehow called it a draw, I wouldn't have been mad at that. But Felder said in the cage, maybe he's done. And if that's the case, Felder, you had a great career. One of the best lightweights. One of the best strikers in the lightweight division. With really nothing left to prove. Plus, he has a great career outside of the cage commentating on fight nights and in the absence of Rogan and on the occasional pay-per-view. So, like, definitely 
if you're thinking about retiring, Felder, you had a great career. You've got nothing left. Do what you think is right. So let's talk about what's next for Tyson Fury. Fury is in a really weird situation. He wants Anthony Joshua. And honestly, that's the fight to make. But Wilder has a rematch clause and said he plans to use it. So while Fury wants Joshua, Eddie Hearn, Joshua's manager, wants that fight. The fans want that fight. It looks like Wilder's getting the rematch, unless they buy him out of his rematch clause. And don't get me wrong, I've said it before, Wilder is my favorite boxer. But that is not a fight I want to see again in boxing. That fight could happen in five years, and I could say, no, I don't want to see it. I've already seen it. It's been, it went from instant classic to total domination. I don't need to see it again. There's a definitive answer to that puzzle, and the answer is Tyson Fury. I don't think that anyone other than Tyson Fury can beat Wilder, especially like that. If Wilder loses a fight, it's because it's going to be a technical decision, not an all-out beating like Fury just did. But that's not about this. This is about what needs to come next for Fury. And like I said, what needs to come next is Joshua. But what's going to come next is probably the Wilder Trilogy. And now let's talk about what's next for Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker called out Justin Gaethje. And while I absolutely love that fight, it probably isn't happening. Gaethje is holding out for a title shot. The most likely fight to happen here is Dustin Poirier, who is already teasing at this fight happening as a main event on a fight night in the summer. Maybe in the New Orleans card. Who knows? And I I really like that fight as well. But I don't think that goes well for Hooker. I would see Poirier just dominating every aspect of that fight. Because Poirier is on another level. But I'll watch it. <laughs> now let's talk about what's going on in the fight world with news. Wilder said after the fight with Fury... He is reevaluating the coach who threw in the towel because if he loses, he wants to go out on his shield. So, to a degree, I respect that mentality, but live to fight another day, man. You have a family to take care of and all the money in the world. They did you a favor. Plus, Wilder and his team are blaming the armor he walked out in, saying the legs weighed 45 pounds and weakened his legs then maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't have worn it. Like I said, Wilder, my favorite boxer. But can we stop making excuses and just call a loss a loss? And not blame a coach for trying to help you? The next story, a kind of interesting one actually, Tito Ortiz versus Alberto Del Rio has officially been overturned to a no contest by the Texas Commission. They haven't revealed why, but maybe it's because the fight should have been an exhibition match if it was ever happening in the first place, or maybe a drug test. Who knows? I'm not really going to speculate, and I'll wait to know more. All I know is Tito t put out on social media saying that the fight was overturned and he was going to try to have that 
overturned because he's innocent and put hashtag guilty until proven innocent. I don't know if that means he flagged for something or if they tried to accuse him of fight fixing. I don't know, but I'm interested to find out what it means. The next story, the UFC is targeting Volkanovski versus Holloway 2 to headline UFC 251 in Perth, Australia. UFC 251 already has Shevchenko versus Calderwood, so add Volkanovski versus Holloway to that, and we're in for a really fun card that could be an instant classic, really? And I I hate that term, instant classic, but that's really what this could be if, if both guys come proper, and we could just have a lot of fun watching that. Honestly, if Holloway won that fight, we could see Holloway versus Volkanovski 3 in Hawaii. Who knows? But I would watch those guys fight every single Saturday. Next up, rumors are that Endeavor is the frontrunner to buy top rank boxing. What makes this interesting is Endeavor used to be known as WME-IMG, aka the company that bought the UFC. So maybe this is Dana White's trump card to kick Zufa boxing? He said he had something up his sleeve, so maybe this is it. I don't know. But, if he gets his hand in the boxing world, I'd love to see it. Another interesting piece of news. One Championship is doing a closed event due to the corona outbreak in Asia. They said the entire arena that was supposed to sit, like, I think 18,000 or... It might, I might be way off. It might have been 70,000, something like It was supposed to fit a lot of people. Okay. It will be close to everyone except for select media and fighters and staff. They said anyone who bought tickets will be refunded and that the fight will be streamed, but no one will be in the event to watch it live. And I think that's probably the safest bet for them and wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this or one championship actually move their events from Asia to either Europe or the United States in the meantime while Corona runs its course. Next up, the UFC has officially announced Henry Cejudo versus Jose Aldo for UFC 250. And I know I've said before, I like this fight. I stand by that. I think it's a really fun fight. But honestly, I wish it wasn't happening right now. Aljamain Sterling deserves a title shot more than anybody. And I wish Aldo had a win before challenging for the title fight like with Cejudo. And while I'm on record saying he won that fight against Marias, he really did. That doesn't matter. On his record, it shows a loss. So, I, but at the same time, Cejudo wanted the fight. And it'll sell well in Brazil. I guess that makes sense, and the UFC needs a pay-per-view in Brazil every once in a while. So, I guess that's the only front-runner. I don't know another Brazilian contender that could challenge for a title. And speaking of Sterling, he threw out the idea of the UFC was interested in having a four-man tournament to decide the next contender, and the tournament would be Aljamain Sterling, Peter Yan. Marlon Marias and Corey Sandahagen. Now that would be a lot of fun. I just hope they don't do pride style and have it all in one night. So 
let's go ahead and jump to this weekend's fight card. UFC Fight Night, Benavidez versus Figueredo. The main event, Joseph Benavidez versus Divizian Figueredo for the vacant flyweight championship. So, there's one advantage right now to me recording this super late on Friday that I normally wouldn't be able to cover. Only Benavidez is eligible to win the title. Figueredo missed weight by two and a half pounds. I don't think that's going to change anything in this fight. I don't think that's going to help him. I don't think it's really going to hurt him that much either. But Benavidez is a monster. I think he will dominate all five rounds with elite striking and probably some takedowns. Last time Figueredo fought a really high-level opponent in Juicia Formiga, he got dominated. Didn't win a single round. Some Someone who got starched by Benavidez, by the way. So, if you use MMA math, which I try not to go off of a lot because it could be wrong, and is often wrong, this should be an easy win for Benavidez. And like I said, I hate that logic because sometimes it doesn't add up. But for this fight, it just works perfectly. Sure, Figueredo will probably have some bursts of success with his strikes, but Benavidez will nullify it. Whether it's using his own strikes or shooting for a takedown, using the clinch, he will get the decision. Benavidez, in my opinion, is the second best flyweight out there other than Demetrius Johnson. He will not lose this fight. And he will finally be the UFC champion that and have the shot that he deserved. Next up in the co-main event, we have Felicia Spencer versus Zara Farin Dos Santos. If Spencer wins this fight, we might finally have a featherweight title defense again. <laughs> Felicia Spencer is so good. Her striking is solid, but she shines with her ground game. And based on Zara's last fight with Megan Anderson, she's in for a bad night. I see Spencer winning this by first or second round submission, and really just getting her down whenever she wants, and locking in that submission. You put that there, and then have that fight with Amanda Nunes, whoo, it would be fun. But like I said, Spencer has to get through Dos Santos first. And next up, we also had Megan Anderson versus Norma Dumont-Vienna, and I love that the UFC is finally making more featherweight fights. Anderson is a monster. Third best featherweight in the UFC women's division. But she is also fighting a beast in Vienna. Vienna is undefeated, while also not having a lot of fights. But I've watched some of her stuff to kind of know what she does. She's pretty good! <laughs> Anderson definitely has more power and better striking. But they both have a really good ground game. And I think that will kind of cancel itself out. So I'd give the an the edge to Anderson. And I think she's going to get the decision win. So that's everything for now. Thanks for listening. And you can find the podcast at anchor.fm slash fighting dash words. Or on all podcast services. On Twitter at fightwordspod. My personal Twitter at nightwing593. You can support the podcast with a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month that would get you producer credit in the show notes by going to anchor.fm slash fighting words. Until next time, I'm Tommy, and these are Fighting Words.